1: Good afternoon and welcome to Caregivers Speak. This is Marjorie Papstein your host. Today uh, we have a wonderful guest who was with us about this time last year. Her name is Elizabeth Kitchens, or as she likes to be called, Liz Kitchens. Don't you love that name? I mean, it's such a endearing, healthy, you know, um, earthy, uh, just Nice, comfortable name. So Liz Kitchens is with us today. And our topic is that how working with clay lowers stress and creates meaning. So I'd like to thank eCare Diary for supporting this important show. And to remind all of you that the, an archive for this show will be on eCare Diary in another day or two and on My Caregiving Coach Uh, the website that I have and that I uh, have created. So uh, please check into both of those for additional caregiver resources. And now Liz Kitchens. She's a writer. She's an artist. She's a blogger. Her blog, love this name too, is called Be Brave, Lose the Beige. (laughs) And its purpose is to reach out to women of the baby boomer generation. Liz founded the Jeremiah Project as well, and this is such an important project for after school, and it's a summer creative arts program for at-risk middle school age students with a focus on pottery and on using clay. And we know that that particular age particularly has you know, emotional, sometimes psychological needs, and Liz has founded this wonderful project that meets those needs. She'll tell us more about that in a moment. So, using clay, creating pottery, provides a special respite for caregivers, too. Now, in fact, people at all ages, in all roles. But specifically today, of course, we're going to talk about caregivers. So, Liz, welcome.
0: Thank you for that lovely introduction. I'm honored. I'm happy to be here.
1: I'm glad you're here. Tell our listeners why clay is such a powerful tool for creating meaning and providing respite. Well, thank you for asking. I'm I'm a Clay
0: evangelist, if I can describe oh, myself I love it. that way. I should
1: have called you a clay evangelist. I know. you later. missed Are that you on your blogger,
0: <laughs> you missed that in your paragraph-long introduction. <laughs> um, I have been working in clay for almost 30 years, and uh, you know, I, after a second marriage, I was happy and wanted to pursue some creative activities, and so I started taking lessons at the Maitland Art Center here in in uh, Orlando. And um, and then years later, I and others helped start our Jeremiah Project, as you described, and to to use clay in kind of this sounds and it, it was ambitious at the time to help transform lives, to help shape yes. lives. And from that experience, I've kind of extended it to caregiving because I've seen how transformative it is for these kids who have very hard lives. And how, what an oasis it can be for that hour and a half in the afternoons when they're with us, and in our summer program. So that's so I kind of extracted some of those great um, qualities of clay, and now I'm applying it to uh, caregivers.
1: That is wonderful. And so, what kinds of benefits have you seen caregivers receive? those who've worked with Clay, and their loved ones. We don't want to leave the loved ones, the care partners out either. I agree. Well, if you don't mind me quoting you, <laughs> um,
0: uh-huh. I would like to just read a paragraph from a blog that um, Margie posted in February. And it, it's kind of inspired me in ways I'll describe this afternoon, but let me just read a paragraph, if you don't mind. Not at all. Um, and you're, I'm honored. You're, uh, well, I'm glad. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm not really trying to curry favor. I just am very <laughs> touched by this paragraph. Gardening, sewing, playing piano, shaping clay or dough, all tactile pleasures using hands to shape and convey meaning. All these thoughts are on my mind today, as she said. As a caregiver, activities that use our hands also reduce stress as tensions melt into creation. Green shoots break up, break into the soil, a clay cup fired from the kiln, or a melody breaking the silence or noise of the day. When we use our hands to create, we discover solace and create peaceful moments for ourselves and our caregivers, our care partners, excuse me. Um, And I just, I don't, I mean, I can't tell you how much that sentiment meant to me. Thank you. And I think it really encapsulates what we're trying to talk about today, finding peace, finding solace, using your hands. There's something about the hands. I think you said it earlier that
1: uh, maybe you can describe it better than me, but your hands know things before your brain. Yes, they tend to. But then again, um i'm a farm girl I grew up on a farm <laughs> we did a lot of work with our hands and so you know um i i understand the value of that now i didn't then mind you you know when i was baling hay and pulling weeds and all those kinds of things but it's true and i think that also there's a focus and i think you mentioned that earlier you know focusing on something really helps you sort out mind. mindfulness. Some mi- mindfulness. Yes. The meaning of it all. I mean, exactly. You use the word tactile
0: in your blog yes. post. Yes. And I think that is really at the heart of this. That tactile sensation is really a great way to bring yourself fully into the present. And when we have all the, you know, when, with caregivers particularly, you're running around and having to tend to the needs of others. Very, very infrequently are you able to be mindful of your own selves and your own needs, and so this helps bring some of that about. Yeah. And I have another description. I can't say I can't take credit for this. Um, M. Richards, I okay. don't know what the M stands for, wrote a definitive book on clay and pottery, and he said, "Clay comes from the ground, and grounds those who touch it."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Clay requires centering on the potter's wheel before it can be shaped. Mm -hmm. Clay is forgiving. It can be remolded if we make a mistake. Opening the clay, a step in the wheel process, reminds us to open ourselves to possibilities. And shaping a vessel is similar to the power we have to shape our own lives. Wow. And I think that's just a beautiful metaphor. It's one we try to talk to our kids about because... You know that the idea of centering and yes. it, it's very meditative, it is. and even watching that wheel go round and round and that ball of clay is mesmerizing. It
1: is mesmerizing, and you know in all of these descriptions, it's about control too. It is. Sometimes you have, sometimes our
0: lives get a little out of control,
1: especially yes. when you have a partner who has some
0: exactly. trouble. Um, yeah.
1: And I have never met a caregiver who didn't think that they were out of control, at least some, if not all exactly. Exactly. So shaping and being able to shape your universe and start all over again, that was interesting.
0: It really is. We say that um, to the people we work with. I actually run a a program um, at a, a community center here in Winter Park, and our average age participant is 80. And we've been doing this for eight years, and this this group. I mean, it grows every month. It seems like we had 30 people this last Tuesday, and they have shaky hands. They they can be forgetful. They say, "I can't do this. I can't do this." Now we do something a little different with them. We it's really painting on pottery, mm-hmm. and um, they and they don't believe they can do it, and they can and it's the conversations that occur around our glazing table that we're most interested in um, as people share you know, problems that they're having or their, their care partners are having, and it's
1: just so therapeutic. Yes. You know, it just occurred to me, have you ever worked with a Parkinson's patient? Actually, well, it's more For caregivers. Um, there Parkinson's. is
0: a uh, brain fitness club. Uh-huh. that you have some experience yes. with yes. Um, that operates out of the Methodist Church uh-huh. in Winter Park. And I actually did a project with them called um, the blind, a blind pinch pot exercise. And these were uh, people who had Parkinson's and memory issues. And it's a great, great program that you know a lot yes. about, I didn't realize. Um, but we, the the participants closed their eyes and were given a Ball of clay, and I walked them through kind of a, a relaxation exercise as they they were the wheel. Their hand, the ball of clay was in their hand, and they created a, a little bowl. And they were so surprised when they opened their eyes and saw beheld what they had created. And it was just
1: the sweetest thing to see. It's such an intuitive experience. Yes, that's a good word. Yes. Yeah because I've heard that when Parkinson's patients dance they forget that they have shaky limbs oh. and they're able to dance across the floor much easier than walk across the floor really? and perhaps what you're describing is it's giving them again that sense of confidence that I can do this even with my eyes closed especially
0: with your eyes closed you know and there um it's it's as you say, they kind of forget. But that, that touching, as you let's go back to our hands, yes, that exactly, touching, exactly. that kinesthetic learning that I think is, is a whole different way of learning and knowing. Yes. Um, and, and as you use that word confidence, how sad for us to lose our confidence when we start doubting ourselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when you can create something that is at least beautiful to you Yes, exactly. Then, then maybe you get a piece of that confidence back.
1: Yes, yes. Um, you know, I have my my theory is that con- that caregivers lose their confidence because what worked for them in the past is like normal citizens. You know, like planning the day, for example, like you know organizing something or seeing something through. A lot of the skills that they have had in the past, they lose because their care partner has these different diverse needs all the time, and they're pulled away from the very skills that they thought could get them through the world. So now, you know, you're saying that, Clay, something like this where you can get your confidence back and say, I can do this, I can be creative, and I can share this with my care partner as well. You you made me think of something else too, Margie,
0: Um, and this is how we roll here. We love to brainstorm, (laughs) but... um, Creative thinking doesn't just happen. Creativity, doing a creative act or, or participating in a creative expression program, helps you think more creatively about your own life. Yes. And so, yes, maybe you can't do something the way you used to. Exactly. But maybe you can think of a different way.
1: Exactly.
0: And it may not be,
1: but it may be just as good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've talked to caregivers after the caregiving experience who said, you know, I really learned something. I learned that I could do things in a different way, just exactly like what you're saying.
0: And that's what you hope, you And know, so
1: that's uh, the power of art, to, and just to be able to think differently. Exactly. I'd like to go back to this sense of forgiveness of, of ourselves. Tell us more about that, because I know that you have really thought about the whole notion of forgiveness and how clay can help us forgive. Well, said you know I, I think
0: one thing I've realized with caregiving is you you make mistakes, yeah, and you beat yourself up, you do, <laughs> and you just and so with it's just interesting the metaphor of clay or even when you're even glazing or creating, so you want it back up and you start over, Yes. Yeah. so you just, it's not it's not permanent, and you right. don't you know it's okay, you don't like that, do it again. And I think that's probably true with a lot of art forms or music, you know. You just, okay, it's not the end of the world. Right, that didn't work. You need to, you know, none of this is something we were ever taught. We didn't take classes growing up to know how we would react when the love of your life, you know, has a brain injury or something and how to handle that. And so this is where all, it's trial by fire. And so if something we can do can inform us, um, of how to feel or how to have a, what attitude to have a, about a
1: situation. Great. Exactly. Exactly. Let me share. A, I, I tried my hand at the pottery wheel <laughs> a couple times, and we were making cups. And most of the people in the class were making rather nice cups. They were all fairly consistent. They actually looked like mug-type cups, Right. <laughs> Mine were not looking that way. But you know what the teacher did? came over to me and he said, I was stressing out and saying, you know, my cups don't look like everybody else's. And he said, this is a good thing, though, because now you'll be able to tell your cup from your husband's. Oh. They're two very different cups and he'll know which one his is, and you'll know which one yours is. And that was immediate forgiveness, right? That's a that's a
0: very good, and you know that's the only thing about creativity and art that makes me crazy. People get really down on themselves sometimes. Yes. It's like I can't draw, so that means I don't I can't be creative, which is the most linear of all the mediums. And yes. clay is certainly that's why I like it because I really don't think I'm that great a drawer. But and it's the process. We try to tell our kids it's not the product, it's the process. Well they rarely listen to us. Right. They feel they react as you right. did. Right. Um, can I tell you one more project that that I'm I'm of really course. excited about? Absolutely. And in Winter Park, Florida, we are getting um, a state of the art center called the um, Center for Health and Well Being. I love mm-hmm. that name. hmm and it's a partnership uh, between the Winter Park Health Foundation and Florida Hosp- or Advent Health. And um, I get to use one of their rooms to work with a group of caregivers. And it will be a two-part series. And the first part is they will be decorating plates. I, I love mm-hmm. dinnerware and plates. I think yes. it, it, that that I just love it.
1: It's well, the whole notion of nourishment. Nourishment. Thank you. There we exactly. Are.
0: That's exactly what I wanted to say. And so we're going to do something a little else. We, um, I also, you, you and I write, and I discovered six-word stories. And I love them because they're a great little simple exercise, an easier way to write, non-threatening, but it can be very evocative.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And And writing, I think, is a pretty helpful thing when you're in the throes of Caregiving, And so I'm going to ask these participants to write a six word story and write it somewhere, decorate it somewhere on their plates um, which I'll fire in our kiln and then they'll come back and we'll reconvene and kind of debrief some of the stuff mm-hmm. and then have a lunch on their plates that they've just created and newly fired. So I think that'll be kind of a
1: cool, hopefully respite. Yes, and a representation of where they were at that given time. Yeah, can you hear i hope on the spot give us a give our listeners an example of a six word story. I'll give you the, can, I'll give you the most famous. And then we one. can challenge our listeners. To <laughs> That's think a about great idea. Putting their current whatever situation, stress whatever into a six word story.
0: This is kind of a poignant one. But supposedly Ernest Hemingway was the uh, the founder of the they call it flash fiction. I love that. Oh, I love I the like alliteration. That. I know. I'm I love that. After. Flash fiction. Okay. And he bet a room full of writers. They were at a bar, of course. Of course. In New York. And that he could write a story in just short, six short words. And they bet, I think, $10 a piece or something. And his story was, um, kind of sad, baby shoes, comma, or sale, comma, never worn. Oh. I mean you you hear you know what
1: happened, oh, of course you do,
0: and that is what the power of these these little flash fiction stories can do. I ran a contest one time oh. on my blog, and people one of them was help stop, help uh, addicted to six word stories. <laughs> 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 I mean they were adorable, I was mean, just like they were just like. So it's very fun. It's not threatening. I, I did a right. class at Northwestern, actually, as a psychology class, and, and guided them through that. And it's just a miracle what comes out of you. Yes. So I want these plates to serve, as you said, a mantra or something that they can go back and say, okay, you know, this is yes.
1: this, this is where I am. Yes. And then years from now or months from now, here's where I was, but here's how I am now. Good. Maybe, maybe things have gotten better. So now I have that original benchmark, and I can then write right. my next six-word story. Right.
0: Right. So Right. Exactly. I think you and I both like the journaling aspect yes, of all that. Yes, absolutely.
1: So let's move just a bit from caregiving caregivers to those struggling with aging, and they may be one and the same. But um, tell us about the particular resonance that Clay and working with Clay can have for those struggling with aging. Well, many of them, I mean, using, doing the same
0: kinds of things we talked about, it doesn't require, of course, just having a caregiver. You know, I, I um, am 65 and uh, most assuredly a baby boomer, and I think there's an, an inevitability to being a caregiver.
1: I don't yeah, think it's an I if, agree. I think it's yeah, I agree.
0: And so that's why I think this matters so much, yeah. and I love my husband so much and fully intend to be there for him. But beyond that, I feel like I'm training myself even now as I age to have these skills or these coping skills. I mean, not just coping skills. I, 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 resilience. Resilience. Skills. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I don't want to get too far afield, but I read such an interesting article in the New York Times Sunday by David Brooks, and it was called The Moral Peril of Meritocracy, very a mouthful. But he talks about two mountains in your life. The first mountain, um, when you're younger, is how I appear. You know, Mm -hmm. your ego's front and center, and getting here and getting there. The second mountain, if you choose to go over it, is... Less about acquisition and more about contribution. Yes. And I'm I'm very I'm carrying this story around with me. Uh, Richard Rohr, who's a theologian, talked a lot about these two two sides of life. And we don't have to look at aging as I hope aging as such as a negative thing, no. which is portrayed in our society. It, it is. And
1: that's, that's going to be the last a big ism that we've got to kill, right? Ageism. Ageism. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But the two mountains, that's so interesting. Yeah, the second mountain, I think people, even if they are stressed out, they know how to maybe have the resilience to get through the stress. Well, he talks about a
0: a story, which is, of course, heartbreaking. It's a mother whose son committed suicide. And she said, you know, that myself, part... That part of myself died with my son. But what came after was someone I really like a mm-hmm. lot, and mm-hmm. she worked, she volunteers for um, suicide preven- prevention. Um, and, you know, how you handle adversity, as I'm certainly not the first to say that, yes. is critical. It is. How you handle aging.
1: Yep. Um, you and I have talked about the fact that if people can get over that next hill and think about not just here's what I'm losing, but here's what I'm gaining. And so as you're at the top of that second hill to think, if you're a caregiver, okay, yes, maybe I've lost my ability to get out every day in the afternoon and walk, let's say. But what have I gained? You know, what is it that replaced that? And what have I learned from that? to always look at that other side of that second mountain. When I,
0: I write a blog called The Paradox of Caregiving, and it was following my husband's uh, recovery from a sinus surgery and caring for my one-year-old grandson. It happened pretty close together. And what struck me the most was, oh, it was exhausting, tiring. Yes. But the intimacy of caregiving is something that was kind of surprising. Yes. Changing dirty diapers or bandages—it's yeah. um, there's you are so much closer, and maybe that's the
1: meaning of life. Yeah, exactly, intimacy. exactly. Yeah, and to bring that back around to clay, that intimacy with a piece of clay.
0: That's right. I mean, nothing is more. That's why my favorite thing to put in my hand is a mug, a, a, a handmade mug, I will say. But you caress it. You hold the handle. You yes. drink out. I mean, it, you can't get much more
1: intimate. Right. It's nourishment. Yes. Yes. You. That's a good word to remember, that. Yes. So what haven't I asked you today that would be useful for our audience in terms of tips? Um, I'm assuming that most people, most places can find uh, pottery workshops, is that is fair to say? Or
0: Well, I would, I, um, I'll say two things. Yes, I, I think virtually every community has art classes available, and you know, we, we know them in our area. The other thing I want to add is Jeffrey Kluger, who um, is a, was a Time Magazine science writer, did a piece called um, something about aging, and he found that creativity actually increases as you age. Yes. You don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to say, "Oh, I've never done art, and I'm not going to do it now." Right. But the hemispheres in your brain, I guess, recede, or it's yeah. not just made left yeah. and right. There's, there's a crossover,
1: yeah. and so we actually could become more creative as oh, we age. Oh, I think age. so. You look at I. I am waiting for a book to come out that describes how so many artists, great ones like Matisse and, you know, visual artists and pianists and all that, who do their greatest work in their older age. It may be that unlike younger people, they have relaxed a bit and they don't have to yes. prove anything that's to anybody. Right. That's And right. now they're just letting right. it go. That's, that's right. right. E- it's, it's that two-mountain thing. Maybe the ego starts not being front and center. Yeah. And I think that this is a valuable lesson that caregivers learn, like you say. And I and I wish everybody listening today. I mean, I hope that this is one of the things that you're learning in the process of caregiving. Uh, we have a couple minutes. Anything else you'd like to add? Just
0: some take baby steps. You don't have to be big and bold. You can, you know, I don't. You can get a piece of paper and a crayon. You know, there are so many coloring books out for grown-ups. Yeah, exactly. And whether it's pastels or crayons, I mean, there's so many opportunities going to Michael's or some hobby shop. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't even have to. Sometimes it's hard as a caregiver, particularly, to leave your loved one. So, Finding ways to do things at home. The National
1: Center for uh, Creative Aging
0: has all sorts of resources
1: and modules, small little modules. Yeah. Interesting, uh, in February, Doug McGinnis came on and he talked about the wellness garden, developing a wellness garden. The caregivers could do that with their loved ones. And he said, It doesn't have to be big. It can be four feet by two feet or it can be two feet by two feet. Yes. It's it's small is good. Yes. And tending to plants in a small environment can give just as much solace and and wonderful solace is, and and just excitement than something really huge. In fact something really huge It's stressful. (laughs) So that that circles back to the
0: blog we read um, Mm -hmm. earlier. Your hands in the dirt and the the plants and the clay and on the piano keys.
1: So I guess we're going to wish you all that if you are you know really going for it and really believing in what Liz and I are saying, you'll develop a wellness garden and. Uh, throw a pot uh, yes. or throw a cup or something small on a potter's wheel. Or do a pinch pot. Or you'll do a pinch pot, which isn't on a potter's wheel. It's just something. taking a little, little...
0: Hand-building is every... Exactly. Some of the most beautiful pots I've ever seen were handled. Yes.
1: But use your hands. Stir the soup. If neither one of those, stir the soup. Uh, That's right. Do some things with your hands that uh, give you happiness and, uh, and love. Thank you for having me well, today. thank I really, you. I
0: always enjoy talking with you, but this has been particularly uh, uh, joyful here today, and talking about something I love. Yeah.
1: And so, thank you for having me. I love, I love having you. This is like the time goes so quickly. I it's am. amazing, and we hope all of you have enjoyed the show. And again, a reminder: there will be an archive on MyCharityGivingCoach.com. And on eCareDiary.com in a day or two. Uh, please listen again or encourage one of your friends who may not have listened today to uh, tune in. Thanks again, everybody out there, and thank you. Liz Kitchens, love your name.
0: <laughs> I can't take any credit. It's my husband's last name, that's but right. I like it too. But
1: that's, <laughs> thank you okay. again. Bye, have everybody. A good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon, everybody. Bye. Bye.